Innalhamdalillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'ufiruhu Wa na'udhu billahi min syururi anfusina Wa min sayyati a'malina Man yahdihillahu falamudillalah Wa man yudlil falahadiyalah Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu attaqullaha haqqa tuqatihi Wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وأحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم فشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد أيها المسلمون عباد الله It's narrated from Talha ibn Ubaidullah that two men from Bali came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and these two men had become Muslim together at the same time. But the one of them, it was known that he used to strive harder than the other. He strove harder in his deen in doing more righteousness than the other. So the one who used to strive harder went out to fight in the path of Allah and he was martyred. The other one stayed behind for one year longer and the next year he passed away. Peace And so Talha radiallahu anhu he narrates and he says that I saw in a dream that I was at the gate of Jannah and I saw them, yani these two men. And so somebody came out of Jannah and he admitted the one who died second. Then he came out and admitted the one who had been martyred. So the first one was killed firstly in the path of Allah as a mujahid and he's the one who strove hard in his deen. The one who died a year later, he died a normal death. He died a normal death and one year later. But yet he is entered into Jannah before the first one. Then he came back to me, the man came to me and he said to me, meaning to Talha, and he said to him, go back, for your time has not yet come. So the next morning, Talha radiallahu anhu, he goes to the people and he says to the people what he saw in his dream. He narrates his dream. And the people, they were amazed by this. Until the news reached Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and they told him the story. And so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Why are you so amazed at this? So they said, Ya Rasulullah, the first one was the one who strove harder and he died as a martyr. Yet the other was admitted to Jannah before him. فَقَالَ Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, أَلَيْسَ قَدْ مَكَثَ هَذَا بَعْدَهُ سَنَةً Didn't he remain behind for one extra year? بَلَى They said, Yes, indeed. So 
So Rasulullah said, Did he not reach Ramadan? And he fasted that entire Ramadan and he offered such and such prayers throughout that year. They said yes. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, فَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا أَبْعَدُ مِمَّا بَيْنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ The difference between them is greater than the difference between the heavens and the earth. The difference between them is greater than the difference between the heaven and the earth. For this man, the second man, he reached one extra Ramadan. One extra Ramadan and one year full of ibadah. One year full of salah. And because of this, he entered Jannah before the one who was martyred and the one who strove harder than him. Ibadallah, indeed, our guest that is coming, that is fast approaching, is an honorable and a blessed guest. So it's only appropriate for us to welcome this guest the way that he deserves to be welcomed. We need to be in the right state of Iman and in the best possible state to welcome our guest. And this is something we all know. If we're welcoming any guest to our homes, especially if it's somebody noble, or somebody elderly, or somebody of high respect, there's a scholar coming to your house, you prepare the house, you prepare your family, you put things away that you don't want to be seen. You put your best crockery and cutlery on the table. The best preparation is made for this guest. Our guest is fast approaching. And what a noble guest it is. The month of Ramadan, the month of Ibadah, the month of Khair, the month of the Quran. How should we not welcome this guest? There are two important points that we will touch on bi'idhnillah that will assist us in welcoming this guest. Number one is we need to renew our lives, our lifestyle, our patterns. We need to purify our nafs, purify our daily systems that we follow. What are we doing? How do we spend our time? This is the first point. For by starting a new page, starting fresh, this is the best way to start or to welcome this month. And this of course starts with none other than a tawbah. Sincere repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By coming back to Allah and by coming back to his religion, coming back to his noble sharia, the teachings of the Quran and the sunnah. By rectifying our lives and making our lives such that it is now in accordance with the Sharia completely to the best of our ability. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, Turn to Allah in repentance altogether, O believers, so that you may be successful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Al-Hujurat, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَتُبْ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ And whomsoever does not repent, then he is of the zalimun. He is of the, the wrongdoers. 
And Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he said, قَسَّمَ الْعِبَادَةِ إِلَىٰ تَائِبٌ وَظَالِمٌ And Allah, he categorized his slaves into the repentant slave and the wrongdoing slave. And he did not leave a category for the third. There's only two types, those who repent and those who don't. And he used the word zalim for those who do not repent. And there is nothing that's worse than this. And this, he says, is due to his jahal, due to his ignorance of his Rabb. He doesn't know his Rabb. Due to his ignorance of the rights of Allah and due to his weakness of his nafs and the evil of his deeds. This is why he is a wrongdoer. This is what's preventing him from tawbah. Ramadan, in reality, should be a month of Iman. Should be a month where we rectify our souls. We right our wrongs. And we purify ourselves from all impurities of the nafs and of the soul. Ramadan is like a filter that removes all these impurities from our, from our iman and from our, from our hearts. And so we do not find ourselves in a better state of iman or closer to Allah than how we are in the month of Ramadan. We turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we turn to his book, we turn to sadaqah, we turn to qiyamul layl, we turn to fasting, and we give up as much sin as possible. And this is how it should be. But this can only happen in the best possible way when we prepare beforehand. When we prepare beforehand. Ramadan is not a switch. That as the month comes in, we flip the switch and we become righteous. And all of a sudden we have good fasts and we pray qiyam in the best possible manner and all our ibadah falls into place and we give up sin. This is in reality not how it works. So it requires preparation. It requires training of the nafs beforehand so that by the time we reach Ramadan, we hit the start running. Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhu he said, إِذَا سُمْتَ فَلْيَصُمْ سَمْعُكَ وَبَصَرُكَ وَلِسَانُكَ عَنِ الْكَذِبِ وَالْمَحَارِمِ When you fast, then let your hearing, your sight, and your tongue fast. Your tongue should fast from lying and sin. And stop abusing your, your, your servants. Be tranquil and dignified on the day of your fast. And do not let the day you do not fast and the day you do fast be the same. Fasting is not just abstaining from food and drink, but it's abstaining from all haram. Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah, he narrates a hadith from Abu Hurairah, Radiallahu anhu, where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man lam yada' qawla zuri wal amala bih, falaysa lillahi hajah, fi an yada'a ta'amahu wa sharabah. Whomsoever does not give up false speech, and acting by it, 
Allah has no need of his giving up his food and his drink. And this hadith teaches us that fasting is not just, the aim of fasting is not about giving up food and drink. It's about purifying the nafs. It's about getting close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From Abu Hurairah, he said that he heard Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, Rubba qa'imun haddhuhu min qiyamihi sahar wa rubba sa'imun haddhuhu min siyamihi al-ju'u. He said in the hadith, perhaps a man who prays the night prayer, the only share he gets is sleeplessness. That's the only re- reward that he gets is sleeplessness. And perhaps a man who fasts, the only share he gets is hunger. And the hadith is explaining to us that just fasting for the sake of fasting, because everybody is fasting, has little to no benefits. Has little to no benefits. فَيَا so what a great loss it is for the one who fasts Ramadan and his fasting is only hunger and thirst. What a great loss it is for the one who doesn't take heed of his fast or his Ramadan, nor does he care what he does. His Ramadan is like any other day of the year. And what a great loss it is for the one who continues looking at haram. And he continues to flip through the channels, wasting his time. And what a great loss it is for the one who continues to disobey his parents, not fulfilling their rights or the rights of his families. And he continues upon this. So the Muslim, he looks at his shortcomings and his weaknesses He takes a sincere look at himself and he rectifies those issues. He rectifies it now, before Ramadan. We turn a new leaf and start a fresh new page so that we can achieve the ultimate goal of fasting, which is as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so concisely stated, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu kutiba alaykum musiyamu kama kutiba ala ladheena min qablikum O oh, you who believe fasting has been prescribed for you as it has been prescribed for those before you. For what reason, Ya Allah? For what purpose, Ya Rabb? So that you acquire taqwa. So that you acquire God consciousness. The fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the aim of fasting. It's not about weight loss. It's not about purifying your physical body. It's about purifying your heart and your nafs and getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibad Allah. The second thing that we look at in preparation for this honorable month is to have lots of good intentions, righteous intentions, and solid, resolute decisions to do lots of khayrat, to do the best that I will possibly do. Preparing for Ramadan is not just buying the food. 
and the savories and preparing our iftars. Although there's nothing wrong with this, that has its place. It's part of the Ramadan. In fact, every cent you spend in preparation for this is sadaqah fi sabilillah. It will count as a sadaqah for you. But along with this, our preparation should be more in line with preparing our iman. That our Ramadan is not just an ordinary month. We go with the flow. Everybody's fasting, we're fasting. Everybody's donating, so we're donating. People's at tarawih, so I'm at tarawih. We need to change our niyyah. That when we're entering this month, my fasting is an ibadah. That entire day I'm in a state of servitude and worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My intention is every waqt I will be in the masjid praying in jama'ah. In fact, I will reach takbiratul ihram. I won't miss the takbiratul ihram. My intention is every day to give a sadaqah. My intention is to complete a khatam of the Qur'an or to read and ponder over the meanings of the Qur'an every single day. And like this the Muslim should be in preparation for the month that he has goals that he sets with resolute firm niyyah and decisions and intentions that this is what I'm going to fulfill during the month of Ramadan. And this is how the Salaf were. Six months before Ramadan came, they would constantly make dua, Oh Allah, let us reach Ramadan. Oh Allah, let us reach Ramadan. Oh Allah, let us reach Ramadan for six months before the month came. So their preparation started long before the month came. And Ramadan was just the pinnacle. Ramadan was the finishing line for them. Where they exerted themselves to the best of their ability. But the entire year was in preparation for this great month. أقول ما تسمعون وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولجميع المسلمين من كل ذنب إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد قال سلمة ابن كهيل رحمه الله كان يقال شهر شعبان شهر القراء كان يقال شهر, شهر شعبان شهر القراء سلم ابن كهيل رحمه الله سيد It used to always be said that the month of Sha'ban was the month of the Qurra, the month of the reciters, the month that people turn to the Qur'an. Not just the month of Ramadan, the month of Sha'ban was the month when people turned to the Qur'an. And this again shows us preparation. Ramadan is not the time we only open up the Qur'an. Before the time they're getting sitting with the Qur'an once again. When Sha'ban began, Amr ibn Qais would close his shop and free his time for reading the Qur'an. And free his time for reading the Qur'an. 
So once again we learn that our nafs needs to be trained. If we do not train, we will not achieve. Likewise, if we do not prepare for Ramadan, we will not achieve great results in Ramadan. We know that in Ramadan the shayateen are chained up. The big shayateen especially they are chained up. Yet we continue to sin. So what causes us to sin if the shayateen are chained up? The answer is simple, that is the state of our hearts. That's the state of our nafs, our weak iman. We've been trained to sin, so we continue sinning. Shayateen is no more there, but we continue, because this is what we have been trained to do. So let us change that before the month comes, so that we can achieve the best of results in Ramadan. Abu Bakr al-Balkhi, he said, the month of Rajab is the month of planting. The month of Sha'ban is the month of irrigating the crops. And the month of Ramadan is the month of harvesting the crops. Now we benefit from what we've been planting and watering and irrigating and so forth. And he also said the likeness of the month of Ramadan or the month of Rajab is that of the wind. And the likeness of Sha'ban is that of the clouds. And the likeness of Ramadan is that of the rain. Whoever does not plant and sow in Rajab and does not irrigate in Sha'ban, how can he reap in Ramadan? How can he reap in Ramadan? Now Rajab has passed. So what will we do in Sha'ban if we are seeking Ramadan? And this is how again our Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the early generations of the Ummah were in this blessed month. So how will we react? هذا وصلوا وسلموا رعاكم الله على بشير النذير فقد أمركم الله بذلك في كتابه فقال عز من قائل عليما إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وارض اللهم عن الخلفاء الراشدين أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وعن بقية الصحابة وتابعين وتابع التابعين وعنا معهم بمنك وكرمك وإحسانك يا أكرم الأكرمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين وأذل البدع والمبتدعين ودمر أعداءك أعداء الدين يا مولانا يا رب العالمين اللهم بلغنا رمضان اللهم بلغنا رمضان اللهم بلغنا رمضان يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفة والغنى يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث أصلح لنا شأننا كله ولا تكلنا إلى أنفسنا طرفة عين يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك اللهم يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وادخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين 
وأقيموا الصلاة 